Connections cast with X in the middle. I'm John, your side, Dr. Talby's sidekick. Um, today we're going to be continuing in the series on racial and social justice. Um, and today's concept is going to be equity. So um, once again, I'm John and this is Dr. Talby. Hi, Dr. Talby. Hi, John. Hi, how are Hi. you? Hi, good, good. This is Dr. Talby. And uh, we want to begin today by, uh, again, just a quick review. We're looking at issues of social and racial justice, and we uh, have five principles. We talked about uh, access as number one, and the second principle is equity. So today we're going to be talking about equity. What is equity? So a good working definition is that it's the quality of being fair and impartial and applying it in justness, or just with justice, I should say, sorry, and fairness regarding social policy. And that would apply it to education, housing, neighborhoods, effectively, you know that because of the systemic nature of racism that started way back in slavery, even in housing, there was a thing that went on, I believe it was the 50s or 60s, called redlining. Mm -hmm. And it literally meant that real estate brokers and real estate agents would draw a red line around certain neighborhoods. And literally that meant do not sell these houses in these areas within the red line to people of color. And so, so equity even applies to issues like housing. Um, so equity acknowledges that all groups have different needs, uh, but social policy, those of you gone to college, studied, got degrees in social policy, those who may be involved in lawmaking at the local level, and may be aspiring to become a lawmaker in social policy at higher levels, you know that what we're talking about is that equity acknowledges all needs have to be addressed with the respective interests in mind of each people group <clears throat> and the value of the group you know is determined by what's prominent in their culture matters of particular giftings intelligence so on and so forth whatever it is that any particular people group may bring to the table and again we're talking about not a figurative dinner table, but the table where all people are invited to come and discuss and to talk about what their needs are. And for those who cannot advocate for themselves, we're saying that others then are invited to come and advocate for them so that their needs are considered. So equity, uh, the fact that must think about the quality of being fair and impartial and applying justice with fairness. Uh, 
you want to say anything, John? I, I'm going to go on to just talk about uh, John Lewis uh, a little bit more and what he did to bring equity to the table and to fight for us. Anything you want to say before I say that? Yeah, I'll just I'll lead in with a little bit of a, a question to the audience, just um, about what ways have you, um, if you can think about ways in which things have been impartial versus ways things have favored you and um, in which ways in your life have things been fair and in which ways have things been unfair and just keeping that in mind that <clears throat> different people groups have different different um, different things that are unfair about the way that they're treated by society and just really focusing on um, on bringing everyone up because God, that's, that's, yeah. So, so Dr. Talby, any, any, to get to John Lewis? Okay. So I, I want to say, first of all, I'm reading a book called His Truth is Marching On. It's a wonderful book written by John Meacham, who was a Pulitzer Prize winner. Uh, I just got this book in uh, August, I believe was his, uh, release date, so his truth is marching on John Lewis and the power of hope. And in that book, he talks a lot about, it's really a biography of John. And he, he, John Meacham has interacted with, watched John Lewis over the years, and he really describes them at, at uh, the level of, he said he was a saint, he was a modern day saint is what he tried to do was he tried to bring about the beloved community which was a term coined by Josiah Rice and it was later appropriated by Martin Luther King and so this beloved community was a term uh, that expressed agape love which is godly love which means justice it's, it's justice uh, not for any one oppressed group, but for all people. And and you said it in another show, John, Dr. King said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Yeah. And so, so when we talk about equity, the vision of the beloved community being brought here down to earth John Lewis believed in that, and he, he believed in it so much that he literally uh, fought for fair housing, where people would have equity in, in housing. And so in 1987, he brought forth the Fair Housing Act, and it was passed. And so really what that's saying is that all people now, by law, have access to have any house they can afford and pay for, like anybody else. Uh, so people of color, immigrants, I mean, whoever can buy a house and has equal access, which we talked about last week, uh, and, and through equity, now through the law, and the Fair Housing Act, which John Lewis uh, put forth and got passed, that, that is a right now of all people. And then in 2010, uh, we know that uh, John Lewis and a number of others pushed forth what is called the Affordable Care Act in 
2010, which is even on the ballot even now uh, coming up. But that is saying that all people have equity uh, under the law to have their health care needs met. And then in 2013, the Voting Rights Act, John Lewis pushed that forward so that uh, people, all people, literally, I mean, yes, we were supposed to, from the Declaration of Independence, have equal rights, but because of the remnants and the systemic racism that has been handed down through the years, we know that voting rights sometimes have been suppressed, sometimes were just denied, and so the Voting Rights Act was then brought forth in 2013, and again, John Lewis was uh, a major leader in that. So, equity fought to bring about equity, and he knew that the whole thing of the beloved community being realized here on Earth, he said it, it's, it's in process. In other words, it's in some sense, it's like the Sermon on the Mount, an ideal. But he also believed, John Lewis believed, that we could bring it about, and that was by calling people here in our neighborhoods, in our spheres of influence to come and be involved in bringing about these ideas of equity so that all people can not only sit at the table, but they can actually have say-so in bringing these things to pass, be involved in social policy making so that equity can be distributed and shared amongst all people. So that's what we're talking about. And why, why, we might ask, why, why does it matter? Why do we have to even like to talk about things like equity? Uh, and, and so, what do you say, John? Why do, we, why do we need to talk about equity? Um, well, I, I wanted to, f to, that's a good question, but first I wanted to just say if, if, if this pricks anybody's heart and makes them, them think as at, this is really uh, at the heart of what our church is all about. And um, you can, um, before we take a break here, um, you can go to community, uh, Connections Community Church on Facebook, search us for us there. We're the, the church with the purple logo. Um, and you can also go to www.connectionscommunity.church um, and we'd love to hear your comments on what you think about the beloved community and what you think about these, the issue of equity. Uh, we'll be right back. And uh, the 
the teacher of that webinar, you know, he said, he said, look, why, why was it that, that the, the slave trade really started with Africans when any people group could have been chosen? And initially, what, what he said was because the ports, the seaports, were, were open and, uh, and more accessible to, to America. So that was one reason. And uh, another reason, this, and this is a doctor, Michael Waters, made this presentation. And he, he had his facts and he had his slides. And, and he said uh, that even Portugal was involved in slave trade. They, they had slaves. He said we could have uh, participated with them, but they, they sort of had their own uh, you know, system going, so it would not have been lucrative for America. And then at one point, America thought about enslaving Indians, Native Americans who were already here. And, uh, but it was decided that enslaving Indians would not be a wise thing. It really wouldn't make money for us because Native Americans, they already knew the land and they needed to bring a people group here who did not know the land and therefore it would be harder for them to run away. So, I mean, there was thinking that went into this way, way back there. And uh, hmm. so, so, so Africa, the south coast of Africa was the place that was decided that that would be the way that we, they, Americans, early Americans, would bring an unknown people group to America, enslave them, and force them to work for nothing. And so there was no sense of equity. So in that, in that whole mindset, here white people uh, colonized the nation by having black people serve, serve them. And uh, so, so such a thing, one of the things that grew out of that uh, was, I said in another uh, venue, I don't know if it was the first episode, but that Lincoln uh, who I, I really, really used to admire, Abraham Lincoln, he, uh, he really did not free the slaves because it was the right thing to do. Uh, in, in school, you know, we learned that, that Lincoln was the great emancipator. And so, yes, he did, but it, it really wasn't because he thought it was right. I studied in seminary that uh, Lincoln was a Presbyterian, and uh, he actually attended a church in Washington, D.C. called New York Avenue Presbyterian Church, and it's become known as the Church of the, of the Presidents. Uh, but Lincoln was on his own spiritual journey as he was grappling with this issue of freeing the slaves. So it was economically wise uh, as the different political leaders were talking to him about why he needed to maintain slavery. And then, of course, there was the whole thing about secession, you know, states seceding from the Union, and he, you know, he was experiencing the pressure of a divided nation. Um, but then he, he really thought, and he, and he said in the Lincoln-Douglas debates, if you go back and you know, really check your history, that he really could not say that black people were intellectually superior and he and he and he said and i and i i can't say it 
So he decided that white people were superior, blacks were inferior mentally, and therefore they, you know, they, they needed to be enslaved. And um, but something happened in, in, in his own spiritual journey. And, and what I studied in seminary was that a number of things happened. You know, he had a son, and the boy was either crippled or got sick. So there was something that happened, and he and that boy died. And then his wife, I believe her name was Martha, she got sick and died. So a number of things began to happen. And, you know, God uses all kinds of things to kind of bring us to an awareness that, that, that God is real. And I'm not saying that God killed them, but he uses suffering sometimes to help us understand, uh, you know, how, how to really think about our lives and to think about how we see ourselves in relation to, to helping people. And so somehow, through all of this, his own suffering, is what I learned in seminary, mm -hmm. that he began to rethink the whole thing about slavery, mm -hmm. and he came to the understanding that he had to, he had to free them, that it was just the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. and, and so when we think about justice, again, going back to our overarching theme of social and racial justice. Justice from a biblical sense means to make right. To make right. That's God's way. He, he makes things right. And so he, he works in us and he calls us to participate, to join him with that understanding that, that we have this creation which he has given us the uh, power to rule over and to have dominion bring things into uh, a place where things are, are being equalized. Uh, and, and so he, he calls us to participate in it. We're, we're not here as spectators, see? So, so, uh, so Lincoln began to understand that. So, so he then voted or said, yes, you know, I, I will end slavery. And so we know that he is He's lauded as the great liberator, emancipator, but what I'm saying is he came to a struggle mm. to, to get to that. And, 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 you know, I think that goes on today because there are people who say, look, I, as we said in our first uh, podcast, I wasn't there, I, I didn't own these slaves, I'm not proud of it, uh, but, but it's the mindset that we, we see. John and I, we are trying to uh, help us be aware, to be woke, that, that this is a real thing, that there, there is injustice, there is inequity mm -hmm. in our systems of economics, of education, of healthcare, and, and we're calling people to that awareness and that there are things like white privilege. And even if one particular person does not participate in exercising white privilege, there are many who do. And and so we, we're trying to say we, we are called to equalize things, mm -hmm. to, to, to practice fairness and impartiality. Mm -hmm. That is what John Lewis was trying to do. That is what Ruth Bader Ginsburg tried to do. 
and we are called as well as as people in our communities to bring about justice. Yeah. And um, yeah, Jenny, you want to comment? Yeah. yeah. I, <clears throat> I think I think that in in God's eyes, we are viewed all as equally beautiful and and wonderful and deserving of the rights that that all other people have and it's not it's not only white privilege but there's also male privilege there's living in the united states privilege over other countries there's third there's first world privilege over second world and third world privilege and and god doesn't god doesn't see any one people group as greater than another and and i think we're just called to be a part of what God originally sees, um, that all people have value and rights. Yeah, exactly. So as we think about, you know, what does the Bible say about equity and that quality of being fair or impartial, that, that quality of making things right so that all people can participate in any and all of our systems world system so that they have justice in approaching things that are available to any person. There's a couple of passages and uh, one, as we go back to the ancient world uh, here now, and Jesus was uh, walking this earth, the fact was that there was not equity in even the way they worshipped, because in the synagogue, the Jewish tradition was for women to sit behind a balustrade or a, a, a banister. It's a petition between the men who sat in front of the balustrade and were closer to the, the podium, the pulpit, and the women were behind that, almost in like an ante room behind them. You could see you know, into the area where the, the rabbi taught, uh, but they couldn't speak and they couldn't participate. So there was not equity even in the way they worshiped. But Jesus came to make that right. And so one of the things he he says in uh, Galatians 3.28 is, uh, he said, you're all sons, and in the original language, you know, I mean, it includes sons and daughters of God. And it comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And he said, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. And again, in that society, there was a feudal system, so there were indentured slaves. So Jesus is saying, neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one. So, so he came to break down that barrier, even in that society, which separated the Gentile from the Jew. And Gentiles were anybody else other than Jewish. And the barrier that was between men and women. And again, that persists today. It persists today, even in, in the church. And uh, so, so Jesus was saying, look, I, I came to break down that, that wall, that dividing wall, so that you 
are all one. He's the one. Jesus makes us one. One human kind, if you will, yeah. in him. And, and I just so, want to quickly, quickly say that, that that was Jesus speaking through Paul because Paul wrote the, the letter of the Galatians, but that is Jesus' heart and intention. Yeah, exactly. So, so even the Bible has something to say about equity. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we, we would like you to think out there about ways in which God may be calling whether you're a part of a church or not, uh, to begin to think about equity, how we all have a part in that, to help bring about this beloved community that John Lewis fought for and worked so hard to bring about here on earth, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg fought so hard and was the dissenting voice in many decisions that helped bring about equity where men and women were revered and respected and regarded in the same way, well, so it is with the church. We, we are called to lift up people who cannot speak for themselves and to help bring about equity, whether it's in education or health care or housing. We, we all are called to participate. And we, we just want you to begin to think about you know, what... What is God saying to me? Whether you whether you claim to be a Christian or not, whether you have been turned off to church previously, and I can understand that. In some some churches, sometimes we don't do a very good job of really helping people feel welcome, helping them to understand that you know, our job really is to love all people. But God is calls all of us. He calls all of us to play a role in bringing about this kind of equity in the what John called the beloved community here on earth, where we love our neighbor. Mm. As we wind down, any closing word, John? No, just just thank you for for sharing, Doctor Talby, and. And we hope that you share as well um, how this podcast uh, affected you. And um, we'd love to hear your comments um, at the Facebook page or on our website, www.connectionscommunity.church. Thank you, Dr. Talby. Yeah, well, thank you. And thank you for listening. <laughs>